Live from the studios of KTAR News 92.3 FM, it's the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show with Brian Whitfield. Everything you need to know to grow. Call Brian with your questions at 602-277-5827. That's 602-277-5827. The Whitfield Nursery Garden Show, now on KTAR News 92.3 FM and the KTAR News app. day out there live from sunny slope it's the woodfield nursery garden show couldn't be much prettier it's gonna be warm hey maybe we're gonna make a hundred and maybe we're not but whatever your thoughts are uh we have almost wide open phones we have jen and scottsdale but if you'd be after would like to be up after jen really simple give sure a call the number to call 602-277-5827-277 ktr we can talk about the landscape of your dreams your nightmares how to grow it where to grow it when to grow it and uh plenty of options available so Give us a call, 602-277-5827. It is a beautiful morning out there. It's going to be warm this afternoon, but these are the longer days that makes things grow. So uh, we're enjoying them here in the desert. We do have to check our irrigation. The rain's not falling. We want to remind you to irrigate more. If you happen to have Salt River Project Irrigation, and as long as the river's running, the water's not going to cost you any money or take out water out of your schedule. But what it will do, it'll help recharge our aquifer right here in the valley, and it'll flush out your own yard. So if you want to bring in an extra irrigation, right now is the perfect time. And uh, you can call SRP and and settle a... you know, if you can order yourself, order yourself. If you're a board operator, if you order off the board, you need to talk to your irrigator and maybe give a little tip or a little bonus and run an extra irrigation. Anyway, we've got uh, four lines open. The number to call is 602-277-5827-277-KTAR. And let's see here. Come see if you can get this headphones to work. And we've got a minor headphone issue, so we won't take any calls yet, but we're going to get them fixed. So anyway, it's a a beautiful time to get out and plant things. You know, this is the time of year when desert trees and palms and citrus and everything flush out and grow. You know, it was a little late this year with our our Palo Verdes and things coming out, but I'm not sure uh, how much longer they're going to bloom, but they're sure beautiful right now if you can get out in the desert and enjoy them. And, well, let's see. Okay, we got it. We got sound. All right. Now we can take phone calls. Okay. The number to call once more, 602-277-5827. Jen and Scott still were here live from Sunny Slope with the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show. How are you this morning? I'm good. I have a nightmare in my backyard landscaping is that I have holes that are being created by some kind of rodent. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen them, but they're about, ooh, four inches in diameter, and there's a, it's in the weeds and grass. and. Well, Jen, let me ask I you a question. Know. Are they left open or are the holes plugged up? They're left open. Okay, that's probably. And there's about 20 of them in this backyard. <laughs> well, they're probably ground squirrels. And, uh, you think? Oh, huh? Yeah, well, here, yeah, here in the valley, we have a lot of ground ground squirrels. We call them ninos in the farm farming business, but they go out and they'll feed on little all kinds of desert plants, and they'll feed in your vegetable garden, and they'll feed on your trees when they get hungry enough. But uh, they're a native guy. Do you back up to desert, Jen? No. 
Okay. No, it's in it's in a rental, and they haven't been the greatest as far as keeping, you know, good care of the weeds in the in the backyard. So we went over there and looked at it, <laughs> and I'm thinking the holes are maybe even bigger than. They're like four or five inches in diameter. Well, we're a little low elevation for prairie dogs, and gophers are going to close their holes. And the only thing I can think of that's going to make a hole, and that's kind of a little big. Usually they're about two and a half inches. But the little ground squirrels will make holes like that, and they'll leave them open. And the nice part about the little ground squirrels, once you've cleaned it up, if you go sit in the patio and kind of hide for a while, uh, they'll come out in the daytime. So you'll see Uh them. And um, uh-huh. they really, you know, if, if they're just a rental and they're, and they're not harming anything, you can leave them there. I mean, they're not going to be near as detrimental to plants as gophers, though they'll, they'll eat things off the top of plants. They're not going to devour the root system and kill them. Well, the renter is really upset about them. And <laughs> well, has the renter I'm, seen them? Yeah. Well, no. I keep asking her, and she's not seen any, but... Um, there's a lot of holes out there, and it's kind of dangerous to walk because they, you know. Yeah, but, they're, but they're, they're, put, the they're putting little mounds around the top of the hole? Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. yeah, it really sounds like ground squirrels to me. And um, so, I mean, you could you could trap them or, you know, you could shoot them with a pellet gun or you could, you know, a lot, a lot of things you could do. But, I mean, if you want to kill them, you can kill them. Um, but they, uh, you know, you could try to free them some juicy fruit bubble gum. They might like that and can't pass it, and they'll have a bad day or week. Um, what? Well, yeah, you know, if you get plugged up, you get plugged up. Um, but, but at any rate, Jen, um, you know, they're they're not gophers, and so they're not really is going to be as detrimental. If you'd want to flood the whole system over there with a hose and kind of cave it mm-hmm. in, they'll probably go away. Oh, put a hose in one hole and then it will oh, it's go gonna, in the it's gonna, Yeah, just keep plugging the other holes as it comes up and you'll either drown them in the holes or they'll move on. Okay, and if I go to the exterminating mart, there's one up here on Mercer and Scottsdale, uh-huh. whatever it's called, and um, they said that they have gas or, I mean, smoke, mm-hmm. you can smoke them out, or you can poison them, or trap them. Mm-hmm. And I, what do you think is well, the Well, we, we like not recommend using poison because we have a lot of predators mm-hmm. that eat them, okay? So Ooh, if you're poisoned, you're likely yeah. to kill a hawk or a coyote or, you know, another animal yeah. that might be eating or feeding on them. You know, bobcats will eat them. I a lot see. of things will eat them. So that's the downside yeah. to poisoning. As far as gas, you can go buy a poison gas, or you could just put a road flare down the hole. And uh, a, what? a road flare, you know, like a flare like they use on the roads. And you could put one oh. of those and it creates smoke down the hole, takes out the oxygen, puts in carbon monoxide, and that can kill them. Um, so mm-hmm. those, th- those things can work. You can use traps that will trap them. Okay. 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 Actually, on those, All you right. could use live traps and, tra- and trap them, you know, outside the hole and uh, mm-hmm. take them out and dump them in the desert and let them, let them go out there and, you know, mm-hmm. live with their, their, their yeah. friends. But whatever you'd like to do, I mean, they're, they're definitely removable, but it's probably, you know, ground squirrels. Yep. All right. Thanks a lot. You're welcome, Jen. Bye-bye. Bye.
Uh, let's see. Next, we got Larry in Maricopa. But after Larry, we've got wide open phones. The number to call 602 277 5827 277 KTR. You know, it's a great time to pay a little attention to your irrigation system. If you haven't watered for the last six months and you have old plants that are established, probably haven't needed to. But now that's going to change. The days are getting longer. We haven't had any, you know, moisture in quite a while now. And uh, plants are using a lot more water. Through the wintertime, they're fairly dormant, but uh, everything's waking up. All the new growth and new foliage is coming from somewhere. So good, deep, regular irrigations for established, you know, landscape is going to be critical for the summertime. Not so often right now. I mean, most landscapes, if they're well established, you could run them once every two weeks right now. But as the temperature gets longer and hotter and the days get longer, you're going to want to increase the frequency to probably once a week for most established yards with a desert type landscape. But for the size material that you have, you really have to water in proportion. So if you have big trees, they need really deep irrigation. So if you want to call and talk about that, we can. We, if you have an idea something different you're growing, we'd love to learn from you. And if you uh, have a different way to, you know, kill ground squirrels, <laughs> we, we can hear about that as well. The number to call is 602-277-5827. 277-KTAR. Good morning, Larry. Good morning. <clears throat> Say my house uh, uh, has uh, the whole s- uh, south end of the house uh, faces the sun, and I have a uh, patio that I built that uh, I was thinking about putting. Uh, oh damn! Now I can't think of the name. Uh, rosemary. Okay. Bushes. Mm-hmm. Uh, strictly because I heard they uh, or. Insects don't really like them, and hummingbirds love them. Well, so, so you want to put them in containers on the patio, Larry, or plant them outside the patio? I'd rather plant them outside in the ground. Okay. So, you know, there's no problem. The south side's the easiest side to grow things. You know, so that that's a great place to grow things. You know, if you're looking for hummingbirds, you might try some Cape honeysuckles. Or the little yeah, fire, uh, kind of anything with the tubular flowers, what the hummingbirds like the best. Yeah, I can't remember the name of it, but it's the plant over on the East Coast that uh, they consider uh, a weed. And it's uh, it's an invasive plant that uh, spreads real fast. And so uh, I'm waiting. I've got two children out in New Hampshire and waiting for them to get flowers for me and i'm gonna try and plant those well there's a tropical variety that we grow here there, there's a lot of things for hummingbirds but you know we have more hummingbirds than they have on the east coast and uh, that's because we have such a wide variety of these tubular flowers so from the arizona yellow bells you know there, there's just a plethora of plants you can plant here but if you look come out to the nursery and just look at all the things with tubular type flowers uh hummingbirds are going to tend to like them Right. Uh, <clears throat> Rosemary, though, is not one I've really noticed hummingbirds particularly on, though I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, you know, hummingbirds are pretty versatile. Yeah. the Because uh, we've got a lot of them here. They really came this spring. So mm-hmm. uh, 
want to feed them as best I can. Well, that tropical and, butterfly bush, that's a pretty good one for hummingbirds. I'll come to that one. But really, I would I would just come out to the nursery and take a look. Cape Honeysuckle is probably the one that seems to be the sweetest that attracts them the most. All of the Arizona yellow bells or orange jubilees or sparkies, all those tubular flowers, those all work, you know, well for hummingbirds. Um, and I guess what the idea would be to get some things, you know, in a group that would flower at different seasons. But a lot of these flower, you know, all summer long. You know, so all of the yellow bells flower all summer long. Cape honeysuckle is especially good for spring and the fall. Uh, the little firecracker plant that kind of spreads across with the red trumpet flowers, it's it's pretty good for, you know, about 10 months a year as well. So it's really easy to have a nice, you know, crop of things for hummingbirds here, Larry. Yeah. The uh, other question is, uh, I, I love trees, and uh, the small ones I get, I usually get them because they're cheaper. And uh, love to watch them grow anyway. And uh, I must not be watering deep enough because uh, I've had six-year-old uh, trees that just absolutely start drying up and then they die. So uh, to water deeper, uh, should I use like a... a Oh, they have these stakes, and I made one myself. You know, Larry, none of that's really necessary. It's, it's really running a drip irrigation system or running it long enough. You know, we grow, uh, one of our citrus groves is about 400 acres all on drip irrigation, and we're in the process of converting everything almost over to drip irrigation now, and it, it works very satisfactorily. You have to run it long enough, you know, so like for us, when we're watering a citrus grove on drip irrigation, we want it once a week in sandy soil, once a week for 12 hours. You know, and, and Gee, was. well, you got to get yeah, the water well, down there, you know, and that yeah. and, and that way we can grow a citrus tree. Now, we don't start with ones as small as you would, but when we start with a 15 gallon tree, we would expect for it to be in two years, you know, seven foot tall and producing a lot of fruit. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was uh, in Casa Grande and stopped in Stanfield and I thought, heck, I'm going to drive out to Whitfield's uh, garden out there in the in the desert and uh what a beautiful place that is well thanks for coming by and just, seeing us and if you want some bigger trees yeah. you can see out there we've yeah. got a lot of citrus <laughs> oh man i'll tell you yeah beautiful oranges and everything else so uh yeah i was happy i went out there because it was just like uh a second disneyland <laughs> it, it, there was trees everywhere and everything was going good and and uh, I couldn't believe how big it was. Well, appreciate so, you coming by, Larry. Now, the only thing is on the on the flowering plants for the butterflies, and not for the butterflies, but for the hummingbirds, come over and see us in South Phoenix. It's a kind of a different operation, but there we have all the shrubs as well. Hey, i, I got to let you go. Oh. We have to take a break, but appreciate the call. Okay, thanks, thanks Larry. Very Bye-bye. We're going to take a short break, and we're going to come back with the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show. We have two lines available. A number to call is 602 Two seven seven five eight two seven live from Sunny Slope every Sunday morning. It's the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show with Shira, Troy, and Brian. We're on from seven to nine on ninety two point three FM KTAR. Well, I never been to Spain, but I kind of like the music. See the ladies are insane there. And they should know how to use it They don't abuse it Never gonna lose it I can't refuse 
Welcome back, folks. A beautiful morning out there. And uh, yeah, my dad was actually born in Oklahoma, not Arizona. He moved here when he was two, but you know, that's many moons ago. But grandpa brought him with family out here to do a little mining. Anyway, welcome back. And we do have two lines available. Number to call 602-277-5827. 277-KTAR. Gabriel and Stanfield. Hi, Gabriel. Hey, how are you doing, Brian? Great, Gabe. Hey, Brian. So we, we live not too far from your farm out here, and yesterday we went and got a couple Fan West ash trees, uh, 25 gallon, and so we put them in the ground last night. Just wanted to get some advice from you on how to take care of them. Uh, we're kind of planning them for future shade for a house that we're going to build, uh-huh. so we're trying to get them established. Um, we don't have a drip system out there, so we're just doing it by hose. Okay. So just kind of, you know, how often do we need to water them? And then I know they're fertilized already currently, but how often do we need to fertilize them going forward? So, Gabe, what I would do with them planted out there in the open with, you know, with nothing around them, uh, I would go ahead and wrap the trunks, too, from the where the branches start down to the ground. Uh, you could do that with an old piece of a, you know, cotton sheet. Just rip a strip of it and uh, tie it at the bottom at the top. Protect the trunks, okay? And uh, okay. then as far as watering, the first week you want to water them two, three times to get the ground really well, you know, saturated. And then after okay. that, weekly watering would be ideal. And I would go ahead and fertilize them in a week or two and uh, let them get set for a week or two, then come through and feed them. And then a good deeply watering all summer long should be ideal. Okay. Awesome. And then you think that's just filling up with about a four foot well, right? Mm -hmm. Just filling up the well, letting it sink or or fill it up. Probably fill it up, you know, like twice, you know, if it, it, how fast is your soil draining? Uh, Pretty fast. It's, you know, pretty sandy out here. So it's going pretty quick. Where, Where are you located, Gabe? Uh, we're out here just off of Anderson, uh, north uh, or south of Maricopa Cascaran Highway. Okay. Yeah. So you got nice loamy soil in there. So that's, yeah. So it really is going to need, um, you know, weekly watering deep, you know, so fill the well twice, fill it up, let it go down, fill it up, let it go down again. And that's good. Yeah. And uh, that way you're probably putting on 60, 80 gallons of water in that big well, which is a good thing. And you're keeping the Perfect. area well saturated, keeping the ground cooler by the tree and do wrap the trunks and, uh, and they should grow well for you. All right. Good deal. Well, we appreciate you guys, and uh, we'll visit you again soon. Thanks, Gabe. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Uh, let's see. Next up, we have Linda in Phoenix, then Richard. Then it could be you. All you have to do is give Shira a call. Number to call, 602-277-5827, 277-KTAR. Good morning, Linda. How are you doing today? <laughs> oh, I'm just just happy and doing fine. It's a beautiful day over here in Sunny Slope. Okay, yeah. Well, I'm from. Uh, I live in Gold Canyon, and I have just bought a new house. Mm-hmm. And um, I know nothing about lawn and gardening, and so we just had new um, sprinkler system put in in the backyard and some. Uh, Sod, okay. The iron sod. Uh-huh. Um, and it's been, it's been really, we put it in when it was doing all that raining out here in Arizona. Um, so it got a really good watering, but it's really patchy. There's some areas where the grass green and tall, and then some areas it's still green, but it's flat. Well, Linda, what, what it is is you have two types of grass there, okay? So when you planted your sod this winter, it was a combination of a ryegrass and your and your turf, okay, your your Bermuda grass type. So what's happening yeah. now is the ryegrass is going to die out. The Bermuda grass will take over. So you planted it when, back in, in February? Um, no, I, uh, we moved in in May last year. I think it was... 
say August. Okay, in August? Yeah, like August or June. I, I don't remember. Okay, so it was in the summertime, though, not not in the fall. Yeah, no. Okay, so, it was in the so if in the summertime, if in the summertime, then then you don't have a mixture of lawns, and then what you have is going to be all your Bermuda grass. So what you want to do at this time of year is feed it real well. So go out and pick up some twenty one seven fourteen fertilizer, and okay. you know, and fertilize it, mow it real short right now so it's all even and fertilize it and you can fertilize it about once a month and uh, it'll grow with a vengeance with this weather and then when you water it what you want to do is put a capturing device out there for your sprinklers and run it long enough so you can have an inch of water in your capturing device tuna can works really well and then go out and push a screwdriver in the ground when it's dry it's time to water again so right now you should be watering probably about once a week with an inch of water Well, it doesn't need to be watered that often, but it needs to be watered a lot deeper. So you need to put something out there that captures the water, okay? And then if your sprinklers might need a little calibrating, you might put two or three of these around the yard and make sure that you're getting even water coverage, okay, from your sprinkler system. And so it's important you have even water coverage. It's also important you put on an inch of water because that pushes the salts down and the roots will grow deeper on your grass and be hardier and healthier. So I I would start Um, off by, by, you know, calibrating your irrigation system. Go out and put something, measure how much water you're putting on, okay? Then come right back and fertilize and then do the same irrigation as you just did for the inch of water again. Okay, and then shut your system off and go out and check with the screwdriver. And when it gets dry, water again. It might be twice a week. It might might be once a week, depending on your soil. Oh, okay. And um, also too, I just purchased some citrus trees. They're about two feet tall, mm-hmm. and the lemon and the grapefruit um, already they have grown flowers, and it looks like they're growing a fruit because okay. they're they're getting a little ball at the end. Is it too early for them to be growing fruit like that, or no, is they, that they might have some fruit? Most of the fruit will fall off, but they they might oh, okay. they might set an orange or two. I mean, that wouldn't be unusual. No, it's fine. What you want want to do with them, Linda, is you want to wrap the trunk so the sun doesn't cook the trunk this summer. Okay. Okay. All right. And um, another question real quick. You know what? I've got to let you go because we have to go to the news, okay? But have a nice day. You can call back later. Thanks. Thank Bye-bye. You. Yes, Troy Barrett has wandered into the studio, folks, and we're going to find out what's happened in the world other than those poor sons. And <laughs> I think everybody knows that now, but, you know, there's always the next game. We'll be right back after the news with Troy. Uh, during the break, you can give Shira a call at 602-277-5827. It's a Whitfield Nursery Garden show every Sunday from 7 to 9 a.m. on 92.3 FM KTAR.
back, folks. Beautiful uh, Sunday morning here. We've got one line available, number to call, 602-277-5827, 277-KTAR. Uh, Richard in North Phoenix, good morning. Morning, Brian. How are you today? Oh, it's a beautiful morning, sir. Yes, it is. Listen, um, about three weeks ago, I visited your Glendale store, and um, I went there with the purpose of buying some screening plants um, for uh, the back of my house. Uh, I back up south, and uh, I have a open viewing steel fence, and um, I did purchase eight um, green hop seeds uh, bushes and um, put them in the ground. And my goal was to intersperse some purple hop seed bush uh, in with those. And um, I could not buy them that day. I have seen them lots of other places, but I don't buy from lots of other places. So I thought, well, I'll take these, plant them, and then give you uh, or one of your sons a call and find out when I could get purple. And then I found out that um, uh, you don't like to plant those during the summer months, and if you carry them, it would maybe be just in the fall. Well, Richard, we typically don't carry them at all unless we get them in by mistake. Uh, They don't fare very well here. You know, you won't drive oh, around don't. town and see many purple hop seeds. You'll see all kinds of green hop seeds, and there's three or four different cultivars of them. But the purple hop seed just don't really like our heat. Hmm. So, it, what is it, like a 50-50 chance if I were to... No, I would say it's like a 0% chance. Oh, is that right? Have, no. you ever, have you ever seen a hedge of purple hop seed in Phoenix? I have not. Okay, that, that's why. Not that it hasn't been tried. <laughs> All right. right. So if you, if you want something to mix in with them that have you know color and something different to contrast, why not plant in some sages? You know, you could put in like some uh, green cloud sage, which will easily grow six feet tall. Have your purple flowers on it. Uh, mix your colors up some, and be very hardy. That I will. I will come visit you, and I will take your advice on that. And uh, and by the way, when I was there, as I was walking out, um, I found. Um, your mother, and I visited with her, and um, just a true delight. A true delight. It's almost a highlight. Sometimes I swear I go there just to see if I can run into her and say hello. <laughs> well, well, thanks, Richard. And uh, You're welcome. I have a okay. pretty wonderful mom. <laughs> Indeed you do. Have a nice day, and yeah, I, I just that, that's why we don't have the purple hop seed, and, and, and unless we make an error and somebody ships us something incorrectly, we won't. <laughs> Okay, okay. But there's zero chance that they're going to survive. I've never seen a nice purple hop seed hedge. Not that's been okay. in more than a year or two. But the green will do okay. The green do fantastic. The green have become an exceedingly popular plant. You know, for fast-growing screen, they're, they're hard to beat. You know, they really are quick. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's long-lived, and there's other things you could do. I would probably prefer, you know, for a more permanent type of a screener hedge. But, boy, for their, the ability to just get up and screen something quick, it's hard to beat a hop seed. Well, thanks for the advice, and I'll take it. Thanks, Richard. Bye-bye. Okay, uh, let's see. Next, we have uh, Reagan and Sand uh, Pe- oh, Peoples Valley. Hello. Yeah, good morning. Up north, up on the hill where it's cool still. <laughs> yes, it is, and that, that's the challenge we got. Um, my, I don't have a green thumb. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a plumber. I'm a construction guy. But my wife and my daughter, they seem to grow everything in the valley, but up in Peoples Valley, 
Um, the challenge I got is uh, nothing's growing. Every time they plant something, it dies. Well, one of the hardest things we have up at higher elevation for a problem is is we have late frosts, and uh, that can create problems. And we have to certainly get plants that are geared to that climate zone because it's a completely different climate zone. You know, down here in the valley, we're zone 9 or 10, you know. So there are plenty of wonderful plants that will grow there, but there's going to be a completely different palette than grows down here in the valley. A few things will oh, so. make it both places, but um, all right. So oranges and lemons won't no, work. No, 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 up no, there. no, 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 no. You, that, that's <laughs> cherry country, and, and you can grow apples. You know, and, and even the peaches and apricots and plums. The problem is, is that we have a warm spring day, and then we'll have a freeze later on. It'll knock the fruit off. So the easiest thing to do if you want to try to grow fruit, uh, you can grow blackberries up there. and uh, Blackberries, okay. Yeah, and they'll do fine. But you can grow plums. and but, but not pl- Well, some of the plums will make it. If you get one that's – you have to get one for about 700 hours of chill, which there's not as many varieties grown for that region. But, you know, you want to buy your trees for up there probably in Prescott. Um, because those nurseries are going to have trees with the right chill hours. And if you try to take any kind of tree from the valley up there as far as the stone fruits go or apples, you know, you're just not going to have any luck because it's the wrong climate zone. All right. Thanks a whole bunch. That that solves a lot. I was thinking it had to be the frost because at night it does get nippy. So. Oh, it gets nippy. We had a place in Chino Valley in December 20 to 28th of 91. It was 15 below zero three days in a row. <laughs> So, and, right. I, I guarantee you, if you look up the record temperatures for uh, People's Valley, look up December 28th, 91. It's going to set all time. <laughs> I know. I lost a lot of stuff that day. <laughs> all right. Thank, thanks a whole bunch. Thanks, Appreciate Ray. it. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Uh, Vince in the Santan Valley. Morning, Vince. Good morning, Ryan. How are you doing today? Excellent, sir. Excellent. All right. So I have two questions for you. All right. So I've been in my house now for about 20 years. And um, I heard this morning you guys were talking about ground squirrels. Mm-hmm. So I have a massive gopher problem. Okay. Like, and how do I fix it without ruining the ground and poisoning the ground? Well, any of, the po- any of the poison is not going to hurt the ground, Vince. But what the poison does do is it kills predators. You know, the problem okay, with gopher, yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah. So that, that That's why wanna, we don't and, like to use as much poison. But um, so you can you can smoke them out. You can. OK. OK. And that my grandfather got rid of all of the ones that are Glendale Avenue nursery back when it was an orange grove with an old Willis Overland car that he just ran the exhaust pipe down into the hole and drove okay. around all day and gassed all the gophers that way and killed them. So you can buy gopher gassers. You can use the traps. The traps work very well. You want to make traps sure you, very well. You want to make sure you okay. put a wire on your trap, and whenever you put your trap in, leave the hole open. And if you've got some alfalfa around or some ryegrass, stuff that back in the hole, and that covers okay. your scent, and that can work pretty well. And it's just diligence. You have to stay after them. I mean, you don't get them all the first day. Because they've killed. So I've had to move the fabric plant pots because of the fact that. They've eaten everything in the yard, yeah. <laughs> and they suck everything into the ground. Well, so, okay, they do, and the only thing you know, your only thing is to kill them. You know, the the best thing though is yeah. to rent the movie Caddyshack, and if you can get your hands on some plastic <laughs> explosive, just blow them out of the ground. They they, they actually have these. Uh, I don't. I wouldn't recommend using them in town, but they've got a thing you can buy on the internet where you squeeze the handle, it puts gas in the hole, and then it's got a sparker uh-huh. and it blows up their holes. I mean that's. Oh, well, 
it does, it sucks the oxygen out of their hole. So that's, you know. Okay. There's, there's a lot the of thing, ways to kill gophers, but not, nothing's easy. And then the second thing is, um, um, I have a 10-foot trovia orange tree, and I noticed that I have these little red spots on the back of some of the leaves. Mm-hmm. And so I went to the local nursery, and they wanted to me to use this bioadvanced pesticide. And when I read it, it kills bees and other stuff. So I got nervous. So I was well, let me call into the nursery and see what they would use to possibly use. But they but they recommended bioadvance insect disease and mite control three and run three and one for shrubs and roses and flowers. I'm a little concerned that if you have red things on the is it on the stems too or just on the leaves? Just on the leaves, just on the back of the leaves. Okay, so I, I mean, I'm not sure. red scale is one thing that comes from California that we don't really have much here in the valley that we have to kind okay. of look for, and especially this time of year, and it's little insects. Okay. So if it's red and you smash it and it bleeds, that would be red no. scale. Okay. Okay. No, they look like rust spots. Okay. Well, you know, then I wouldn't really be too concerned. Okay. And I don't know if is any- it okay. Anything like that that's going to harm the tree, really, and it should grow right out of it. Okay, and is it okay to use this pesticide, or would you say, "Hey, Levins, put this to the side"? Well, what, what and... we only want to use a pesticide with a purpose. Okay. Okay. Awesome. So I, I don't then know, what you're, try, I don't know what you're trying to skill, skill there, and and really, the only you know, we have a few things. We have leaf miners, and we have thrips and things that get on citrus here, but you know. Just like us when growing organic citrus out there in Santan Valley, you know, we're we're out there in Queen Creek and um, yeah. we, we spray once a year with spinosad to control thrip, which is a little insect because it scars our fruit. Other than that, we yeah. count on biologicals to do all of our pest control and we get big- is your Queen Creek. I'm sorry, go ahead. No, so we get big, you know, amounts of lace wings in the grove, and we'll have a lot of ladybugs, and, and we'll have pirate bugs, and all these things are our friends that come through and feed on all the bad bugs. So other than the one awesome. spraying we do a year, ours is, and we are certified organic, we spray with spinosad, which is approved okay. organic. But, yeah, we really try not to spray, and we find that uh, with biodiversity, we, we, we get a lot of uh, good guys out there that feed on our bad guys. Is your Queen Creek Nursery, sorry, um, open to the public? No, no, it's just a citrus grove. Oh, okay. We're over on Germain. You can drive by and wave and say, hey, look at the trees. But no, it's it's not open to the public. And it's just a citrus <laughs> yeah, grove. I live in Santasco. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you so yeah. much, Brian. Come see us over in Gilbert, Vince. Yep, I'll come see you like on my way home. I'll stop by the store. All right, thank you. Bye-bye. All right, thank you. Awesome. Bye. Uh, let's see, Lynn and Glendale. Good morning, Lynn. Good morning. Question on yellow bells. I keep hearing about them. I have got a very hot west wall on my house, but I need to cover. I want to cover. It's 24 feet, about 24 feet long, and I want to get at least eight feet high, et cetera. Will yellow bells grow that big? Oh, absolutely. Especially Orange Jubilee. Orange Jubilee will grow 12, 15 feet tall, and it's more of an orange color. But the regular yellow bells will grow that tall as well. How about their widths? Well, they'll grow into a you know a plant that can be you know probably six to eight foot wide and ten feet tall on a regular yellow bell. Pretty easy. 
are they slower, slow growing or? No, they're, they're pretty, pretty rapid growers. And if you want to really make something pretty, what you could do is you could on that West facing 150 degree wall, you could put in some yellow <laughs> bells and maybe throw in some Barbara Cars Bogan Via with them. And, uh, they'll e- equally grow up large and, and shade and protect that whole side and be really pretty. Oh. Okay, great. Great ideas. Thank you, Brian. Take care. Bye-bye. We're going to take a short break. While we're gone, we do have three lines available. All you have to do is give Shira a call at 602-277-5827, 277-KTR. It's the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show here every Sunday from 7 to 9 on 92.3 FM, KTAR. She must belong to San Francisco. She must have lost her way. Posting a poster of Poncho and Cisco One California day She says she believes in Robin Hood and Brotherhood And colors of green and gray And all you can do is laugh at her Doesn't anybody know how to pray You're acting like a teeny bopper runaway child And scrape off the paint from the face of a little town saint Sunday morning, and here we are here in Arizona. This is where Whitfield Nursery started back in the 40s with my grandparents. We grow trees all kinds, all sizes, geared for many elevations here in the desert. Um, from beautiful mesquite trees and ironwoods and palo verdes to great palm trees to wonderful citrus. You know, what fills you can buy time. We can sell you a tree that's four or five or 10 or 15 or 20 years old, and you can have your landscaping and enjoy it today. Anyway, our original store is at 824 East Glendale Avenue. We're at Southern and 24th Street. There are 2647 East Southern, off of 24th Street and Southern, straight south of Sky Harbor, or 820 North Cooper. That's uh, Cooper, Stapley, and Guadalupe and Gilbert. We've been growing trees here since the 40s. We continue now for four generations. We deliver plant and guarantee. We're licensed, bonded, insured. No jobs too big, none's too small. If you're looking for a 1,000 trees for development, we grow hundreds of acres of trees. If you're looking for the perfect tree for a gift for mom for Mother's Day, we've got that for her as well. Woodfield Nursery for four generations growing trees here in Arizona for Arizona's future. Next up, we have Dan and Surprise. Hi, Dan. Good morning. It's nice to talk to you. You as well, sir. I uh, just have a quick question. Well, uh, I have three plants I'm curious about the best time of year to trim. The first would be rose bushes. Well, rose bushes, if we're going to do a heavy pruning on them, uh, we want to do that in the wintertime. Usually, like on hybrid teas, it'll be done in January. Uh, moderate pruning okay. and taking off the old you know, buds and things or floribunda uh, bushes, you can prune at just about any time of the year. But if you have floribundas, things like the icebergs that have bloomed prolifically and now have a lot of dead bloom on them, it wouldn't hurt to cut them back right now. Okay. Uh, next one is bougainvillea. 
Bougainvillea is kind of a real timely thing. So what you want to do with Bougainvillea is you want to butcher them once in the spring. And normally the best time for that's March. You can still do that right now and be fine. And then you want to okay. cut them back in August. And the reason why is because we have such a beautiful bloom cycle here over the winter that uh, we don't want to be pruning them right in the middle of the bloom cycle. And also, we can have freezes in the wintertime. So pretty much it's March and August, and it's kind of the end of August, first of September. But if we get them cut back then, then they'll kind of stay in, in character, but still allow all the beautiful blooms through the winter season. Okay, so heavy trimming in March and then just a light no, fairly, fairly heavy pruning in August, too, if you want to get, you know, back into control because they're still going to grow all of October and then they're going to really bloom heavy November through, you know, February, depending on the weather. OK, thank you. And the last one, I have some sort of oak tree. Mm-hmm. The leaves don't look anything like what I would consider a traditional leaf, but they do drop acorns. And yeah, so that's a I'm live oak for, or a southern live oak, Dan. Okay. Uh, what I would like to do with the best time of year to uh, trim it, but minimize growth over the next cycle, if that makes sense. Well, so it, right now would be a perfect time because it's already come out with its buds. Okay. And if you're just going to prune the tips just to kind of keep it sculptured, uh, do it right now. It's not going to grow very much more uh, this spring. The rapid growth should be just completing right now. So prune it back right now. That's going to take away the terminal buds, and that's going to make it you know, rebud down lower, be denser, and will really stun its growth. Okay. So for everybody else who wants them to grow bigger, now's not the time to prune. But for you, Dan, for your purpose, if you want to keep it contained and smaller, now's a good time to prune. Okay, because unfortunately one is close to the driveway, it's spreading, birds nesting, and then the issues of droppings all over the vehicles and everything else. So, okay, I appreciate your time and enjoy your show. You have a great day. You too, sir. Bye-bye. Chris and Surprise. Good morning, Chris. Hi, Brian. I have a couple questions. Um, We got rid of a giant uh, lantan on the corner of the yard, and uh, we wanted to put in some little johns. Um, What can I do when I'm planting them to make the soil good? We have gravel. Um, you know, little John's, what you probably want to do is add some compost or composted mulch and about one third to the soil, you know, so that when you take the soil out of the hole, mix it up beside the hole, put, you know, one third um, compost, two thirds dirt back in around your plants. Now, if you want to kind of really sweeten things up and be kind of kind, you could take a little powdered sulfur or soil sulfur and throw in the bottom of the hole. And then you could come through and top dress it with some fertilizer if you wanted to. If you wanted something that wouldn't burn, that would last a while, you might try some Osmocote. Osmocote. And what is that? It's a slow-release fertilizer you could put on top right when you're planting. Oh, okay. And um, for the other lantana, one time a week, is that good watering? That's plenty of water for a lantana that's established. Okay, and then I have uh, an elm um, was put in in 2020. It was a 42-gallon I was wondering, I've been watering 48 gallons a week, once a week. Um, since it's getting hot, what would be a good thing? Well, to you'll, do? you never really need to water it more than once a week. Once a week's plenty. If it's grown quite a bit, you might up the volume of water. You know, so you might give it closer to 100 gallons of water if you really want it to grow fast. And and I wouldn't, you know, like I say, weekly is the maximum, the closest frequency. You wouldn't want to water it more often than that. Oh, okay. 
And um, I put some rosemary, those little shrubs at Christmas time. They actually look like a tree. Um, I put them in pots, and you, you told me to use native soil mm-hmm. in the yard, so we did that. But they're on the west, uh, northwest corner of the house. You're going to probably have to move them, Chris. Oh. If they're right up against the house in the northwest corner, that's going to be really hot. So what, what's behind them? Is it a wall behind them? Well, it's, it's by the front door. One's out towards the driveway a little mm-hmm. bit, and then about four feet in, it's right next to the house. Okay, if it's got a little room in front of the house, that'll help them. Being in that soil will help them. But you're just going to have to watch in the summer. They may they may start to burn in the summertime. Um, yeah. You know, you've got it in early enough. You got a pretty good shot, especially if you plant them back around the holiday season. So, that being said. Um, you know, and you did put them in dirt. Um, yeah. well, let's just have to see how they do. Okay. Well, thank you very much. Have thank a good weekend. You too, Chris. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye-bye. Uh, let's see. Next, we've got Jay in Scottsdale. Good morning, Jay. Hey, good morning. Um, I have this idea. I wanted to see what you thought about it on, uh, of putting in a growing area on the west side of my house. I've got seven feet to the wall and um, about 30 feet long. And our local, you know, our Facebook, you know, Phoenix Gardening page posted this great picture of somebody who did this um, with a southern facing, you know, strip of that dimension where they framed out, you know, ran a frame from the wall to the house underneath the eaves and then filled it with panes of, of you know, plastic, um, like corrugated plastic, opaque. And then they had raised um boxes planting boxes around waist high lining the, the the house side and the wall side with a you know a nice walkway in the middle and my concern was you know is that something that being a west facing you know you're only going to get the the late afternoon sun and and would i be able to grow you know herbs and things like that year round in that kind of setup or do you really need a south-facing exposure to to get enough sun for whatever you want to grow in there? Yeah, Jay, are you thinking I'm going to tell you it's way too hot to do it on the west side? Yeah. <laughs> I am going to tell you, Jay, hey, it's way too hot to do it on the west side. <laughs> you know, the south side and west side. The south side's the easiest side of your house to grow on. The west side's the hardest. You know, plant something that's super tough over there, like I talked earlier, yellow bells, bougainvilleas, and forget about it. Oh, okay. So that's what you would recommend for the west side in yeah, that little strip? Yeah, those really hardy desert shrubs. I'm going to have to let you go because we have a hard break. Or you can call, I can put you on hold or you can call back after the after the break. Uh, no, I'll call you back. Okay, take care. And we'll be right back after the news with the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show here every Sunday from 7 to 9 on 92.3 FM KTAR.